personal finance and managing your money is one of the most important things that you're going to do in life. And yet we're not given any education at any point. People tell you, oh, just blindly dump money into a 401k or whatever, and that's the solution. And it turns out it's not. You're listening to the Expertish Podcast. Be sure to head over to iTunes or Spotify and tell Jay what you thought about this episode. Expertish is where you can learn how to invest from those who have, those who are, and have some fun along the way. Are you ready to start? Okay, welcome to the next episode of Expertish Podcast. And we've got Eric Hitzelberger back with us again today from Kentucky. How's it going, Eric? I'm doing well, Jay. How are you? I'm doing all right. For the people that can't see your background, they're listening to this. You've got quite the uh, bourbon selection uh, right behind you in your office. Kind of a little bit jealous. Yeah, it's Kentucky. This is what we do. Fair enough. That's not just for show, though, right? You've got beautiful weather and you know beaches and stuff like that. We have bourbon. <laughs> well, okay, that's fair. How are your taxes there, though? Six percent on the income tax and no tax on food. You know, fairly low. Property tax is only one percent. So that's, that's probably the big kicker. There's a, there's a, yeah, there's a good trade-off. You've got lower taxes and uh, lots of good bourbon. We've got sunshine. So you can come here for cheaper than, yes. you know what I mean? Than paying the taxes here all the time. So a little bit of a trade-off, man, but thanks for taking the time to come talk to us again. I know last time we discussed a lot of things kind of on the finance side, you know, investing, but just overall financial, you know, security, building finance, understanding your finances. Uh, you actually even came out to visit us and put on a workshop for some of our uh, past clients and friends and stuff here a couple months ago. And thank you for doing that, by the way. Yeah, no, I had a great time. Yeah, we did too. So <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a good time. But one thing that we've spoken about before and probably touched on it on the last, last episode with us, but that I have gotten a lot of questions about since then and a little bit also from your workshop that you came out and discussed because you did touch on the investing from within your self-directed IRA. So I kind of wanted to see if you're cool with it to go a little deeper and give us, you know, a little more insight, ideas and perspective into that. Sure. Absolutely. One of the things people don't know really is that you can do most of the same investing that we do outside of our IRA with our traditional money inside of an IRA. Now, a lot of people, whether it be use, you know, fidelity or a a traditional custodian, those custodians may not allow it or, or those those companies may not allow it, but there are companies and they're called self-directed IRA companies where you can transfer an existing IRA, whether it be traditional or Roth, you can transfer a 401k or a, a, the 403b teacher's plan, or even your military TSP, depending on the, the requirements there of service or from the company, but you can transfer that money into a self-directed account and then you can do investing out of that account. So if you have a Roth account and and you're just investing in paper assets or mutual funds or something like that now, and you'd rather do real estate because you think you're going to get better returns or for all the huge number of reasons that you should invest in real estate, you can absolutely do that within an IRA. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's something, obviously, you know, this, we're not talking like last year, but a few years ago when I first met you, I totally had no idea. I, I mean, I was yeah. just no clue about that. In that self-directed IRA, also you can you can still invest in all those things. You just have a few more options and you have more control, correct? Right. Yes. You're, most of the current companies that people have their IRAs with, or something, whether it be again, you know, Fidelity or Edward Jones or Charles Schwab or whatever, they basically sell paper assets. They sell stocks and bonds and funds and maybe commodities and I, I think some, you know, maybe get into crypto a little bit now. 
Um, and that's fine. But if you really want to diversify your portfolio and, and again, get into private lending, you can do private lending out of your IRA, um, a self-directed account. Uh, you can do, again, real estate. And there's there's a host of different things. I heard, you know, one person, you can invest in businesses. One person I know was financing the purchase of air conditioners. And he would sell, you know, somebody needed want, need a new air conditioner, he would sell the air conditioner or he would finance that purchase and use his IRA money to do it and earn a really good interest rate on that money. And goes back into a Roth account, particularly, that, that's tax-free for the rest of his life, the, the money that he just earned. He liked air conditioners because he could go and repossess them if needed, where he couldn't get into Swing's house <laughs> and get a furnace. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's a host of things you can do. Okay. I feel like a lot of times once people get a little bit of knowledge, you can really get creative. You know, you yes. can find ways to invest. You can find ways to put almost any dollar amount to work if you understand the, the key principles and then just go from there. You can take advantage of what's in front of you, really. Absolutely. Well, for instance, then for let's just go with just the a standard, let's say investment, real estate investment, just a rental property, because there are several advantages. We'll start with that and we'll get into some of the more creative. I'm sure you have lots of cool ideas and, and some of the benefits for, for some of these things. But if you are looking to purchase, you know, something like that, and you have that money in the IRA, cool, you can do that. And how does that get vested though? Like once you purchase from within your IRA? So a self-directed IRA works the same way and has the same requirements as a non-self-directed version in that, you know, you have to be a certain age before you can start drawing on the funds. And that depends whether, again, it's Roth or traditional and what you've contributed and so forth. But if you were to have enough money, you know, let's just say you work for a company or, or military for a period of time mm -hmm. and, and you left and were doing something else and you had these funds that are available. They're in a 401k, they're in the TSP, they're in whatever they're in. Right. And you decide that you want to invest that in real estate. You do a rollover, transfer the money to the self-directed account. And, and now it's there and it's available. If you've got enough money, you can just purchase a property, whether it be a house or, or multifamily or commercial building, whatever. You can purchase it with those funds. And the owner of the property is your IRA. And so all of the money that is earned in income goes back into your IRA. And all of the expenses have to be paid by your IRA. So you do have to have enough money and you want to keep you know, some balance there so, um, because you, you are not allowed to do business between yourself and your IRA. There is a situation where you can partner, but if you do not do that at the front end, you're not allowed to go and, and contribute to, you know, you as an individual couldn't put additional money in to, to pay for something. You as an individual can't do work on the property because it belongs to your IRA. And so you can't do anything to benefit the IRA. But other than that, it's, it's pretty straightforward. You're even allowed under circumstances dictated kind of by the lenders, but you're even allowed to, to get a loan on the property to help you. So you can't do, you know, 20% down most of the loans. They are all considered non-recourse, which means that the lender cannot come after you personally for any, any, any debt. Um, they can only go after effectively the property. Right. And because of that, they aren't going to lend it at 80 or 90% or something like that. They lend typically around 50%. Gotcha. And and they'll have some different rules depending on the lender as to the age of the property or the condition of the property before you get into it. But you are absolutely able to to get a loan and pay for that. But that's a pretty large advantage too, especially when rates are lower and you know you yes. can get into more properties at this. You know, basically you can get if at that point you can get into twice as many properties essentially. 
you know, leave a little buffer, whatever you were going to buy, get two of those. And you'll then get that appreciation on that property at the end as well. Now, uh, the other good thing, which I learned from you was, you know, all that income, the rental income is also not taxed. It's just building back up your IRA. Right. Everything that you do within the IRA, it's the same treatment as any other earnings or growth within the IRA. So if you have a traditional account and you, you buy a house in your traditional IRA, the rental income goes back in there. The account balance grows, right? There's no limit on what you can make. Right. The account balance goes in there. And then when you get to, you know, whatever age it is that you want to start withdrawing 65, 72 and a half, whatever it is, then you can start taking that money out and it gets taxed at that time on a Roth you know, I, I love doing rental properties in a Roth because everything that you do, all that appreciation and all of that rent income and all of that growth is tax free. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're going to you're going to buy the house and like I said, just enjoy years of growth and in both appreciation and, and cash flow. And there's no tax at the end. Pretty big benefit for sure. I, I think I feel like I spend most of my time now trying to learn how to pay less taxes because that is one of the bigger expenses, to be honest, as you grow different businesses and property, whatever sure. it is, taxes, huge, huge consideration. Yep. This episode is brought to you by Voris, a strategic sales advisor for early stage startups. At Voris, we'll add a startup sales expert to your team without the cost and commitment of hiring full-time. We offer sales and SDR advisory for teams serious about exceeding their goals as well as strategy and process recommendations to help accelerate growth. Let us tell you exactly what to focus on to dramatically improve your results. We help early-stage startups hit their revenue goals, and you are only one click away from more revenue. Forrest.com. What about protection? Because you did mention like, for instance, non-recourse loans and the, the banks can't come after you. But also what about other things for you from you on the outside? Like what if, you know, people that might get in financial trouble outside of that RA, not for those properties, what kind of protection is there for the, for the property then? So your, your IRAs are, I, I'm not a CPA, <laughs> but your IRAs are generally protected against, you know, debt collection for other things um, and, and held outside of bankruptcies. And so, you know, there's generally that protection. I would I would consult with an accountant or you know a professional tax professional in that in that case. Uh, but I believe that's the case. And then if you buy property in your IRA, as an example, you know your IRA is treated as a separate entity, mm-hmm. and you can go get property insurance um, and and liability insurance just the same way you would as an individual. So so that property is still insured. You're not you're you're not foregoing that as as part of this. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. So you're still prote- kind of double protected or I guess protected in two different directions really at that yes. point. Because that is honestly probably the most asked question I get is about, you know, everyone reads something different or they hear see a blog or they do whatever and they they take the one thing to heart of like, this is what you do. You need a separate LA for e- LLC for each property or you need X, Y, or Z. And it's just like, whoa, 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 slow down. Especially if you're yeah. in California, you're, you're paying like $800 per, you know, $800 a pop to the franchise tax board per LLC per year. That's just <laughs> not something yeah, that's substantial. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a totally different subject, so I won't get too far into that, but, but that is, you know, probably the biggest asked question, but, you know, inside the IRA, there's a certain level of protection that's just intrinsically provided. So it kind of gives you at least a start there. Yes. Okay. So 
how about some of the other benefits? Because I know I have, you know, when I started looking into the self-direct IRAs and stuff outside of just the property, just kind of like the general knowledge stuff of it. There's some cool, cool things. Like when you were talking about partnering with and things like that, because I know there's, and I'm guessing probably there are certain rules that are universal and there are certain ones that may be different you know, the different entities that are, you know, that you're putting that under might, might make a difference. But, you know, as far as partnering with family members, things like that, but, but what are some of those benefits? Because it did look, it, it seemed to be pretty cool how you could structure things to be mutually beneficial for family members, for friends, for business partners, still being able to do business together, even though some of the money's coming from each separate IRA. Right. So one of the biggest things that you do have to be careful of with a, with a self-directed IRA is there are disqualified entities. And, and these are people that you can't do business with. And again, you can, you can read the rules or whatever, but it is generally a vertical family tree. Um, you, you can't do business with yourself, your spouse, or a vertical family tree. So your parents or your children. So I can't make a, Kentucky, I'm going to make a Kentucky joke right here. Is what I was <laughs> let, it, let it slide this time. But next time. <laughs> yes. So, but you can't do that business and, and those people can't benefit from your IRA once it's established. Now, going into something, you are allowed to partner with your IRA. You can have an IRA. Your spouse can have an IRA. Your child can have an IRA. Your partner, business partner can have an IRA. And you can partner with any of those on the purchase. And the way you do that is you just separate the property, as an example, based on the interest that everyone is putting in. So if you have a child and you want them to, to start building their IRA, right? You can buy a house and you put 99% of the money down out of your IRA. They have their own and they put 1% in. And from that point forward, everything that house makes or earns and, and all of that growth, your IRA gets 99% of it and your child's gets one. And you know, that 1% starts to add up. If you and your spouse have 401ks that you're combining from different companies or something and you want to invest 50-50, we, we have clients who actually do this and, and they're, they're 50, 50, their IRAs are 50-50 partners. And so we distribute all of the income. Um, we manage the property for them and we distribute all of the income based on that ratio. And then when there's an expense, they, they do have to send us you know half the money from her account and half the money from his account. Okay. But there's a lot of different things you can do there. And, and yes, you can even... You can partner with your IRA. So if your IRA has, you know, $100,000 and you have $100,000 and you want to buy a $200,000 house, that is possible that you now owe 50% and, and your IRA owns 50%. The challenge there in, in that last scenario is you do have to be very careful because you can't do anything that benefits your IRA and your IRA can't do anything that benefits you. So if an air conditioner were to go out and your IRA didn't have any money in it, you can't pay for that out of your pocket. Gotcha. You've got to figure out some way to get money to your IRA right. and, and then pay for pay for the other half. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. But, so that one's a little bit challenging, but all of those other scenarios, even with a business partner or whatever, they all work, you know, wonderfully and, and it's a great way to build build accounts for people. Well, you mentioned uh, being able to partner like with a child as well. Uh, yes. I think that and you said like you said, one percent even that can add, I mean, that's going to add up when you start at oh, that yeah, point, sure. right? How yeah, many people because... started saving 1% of anything at a young age, but yes. uh, something that I think is even more beneficial from that is what, in my eyes, what a great way to teach a child 
actually how to understand finance and investing and those things from a young age because they can actually see their growth, you know, even at a small percentage. Right. Yep. So like, I mean, I mean, I would want somebody to teach my child because I want someone smarter than me to do it. But, <laughs> but, but no, it's a, it is a great way to have an account. And, and like you just said, see, and that's real growth, right? It's not quite, it's not the same thing as them having a savings account. That's right. Where the money's in the bank and it's not earning anything. Yeah. This is, you know, they can see true earnings here. Right. Cause I mean, because it's a hard thing for people of any age that haven't experienced or haven't watched it to initially break through and, and leveraging, certain things or knowing how to invest in certain things. That's a, that's a tough thing for some people to break through. And I feel like sometimes it's harder for people, the older they are, the further along they are and haven't experienced it or really recognized how you can grow with some of those things. I believe it's just, it's almost like a larger buried entry because they're set in certain ways. You know, it's hard to take that kind of leap of faith and, and leverage something at a certain point. You're absolutely right. And, you know, just quick math here. You know, if you invest with a child, right, and, and you know, you're talking about growth and, and those different things, but if your kid is, you know, five and he, he throws a thousand dollars into an IRA, by the time that he's able to retire or she or, you know, whatever, that's going to be, you know, let's just say by 61, because that's how fast I, that's how far I got in the math here, but that's $25,000 you know, at a decent interest rate or a decent rate on that, uh, that house. Right. And, and that doesn't even count the appreciation on a house over 50 years. Right. You, know, you look back and see what that house is now worth. That's a substantial amount of money for just for, for every thousand dollars that they're able to put in or right. that you're able to contribute on their behalf when they're yeah. child. Yeah, and, and that is, that is huge. Well, I haven't even thought about it that way, you know, as far as that kind of growth, to be totally honest, I just thought the education part was cool, but yeah, that's, yes. that's huge. And then especially if they're learning during that time, you're saying to 61 and they've already got a head start on say the education of how that does, you know, increase, then chances are they're going to be doing a lot more of it themselves at a lot earlier age. Sure. And making a big, big deal. I mean, I had a TSP. I forgot. Like you were actually, I, I think we were the same yes. place, same little seminar when uh, <laughs> yes. I realized like, oh crap, I have this account that I forgot I'd been putting into for, you know, however much time. I didn't even remember I had it, which right. is sad. And then there, you know, just for, just for fun, um, there's, there's a lot of different things that you can do, right? You can be a private lender. Um, so, so first of all, of course you can go buy um, stocks and bonds and, and stuff like that. Now that's on you to be, it is self-directed. So you're right. going to designate what it is that you want to buy. Um, and that's, that's fine, but you can do different things. Like you can be a private lender. So if you had a small amount of money in there, uh, maybe not enough to buy a property yet, but you wanted to make an investment, you can absolutely do that. You can, you can help somebody buy a car or, right. or, you know, an appliance or whatever it is, right. Or, you know, be a private lender and just um, lend some unsecured money to a business. And that's a great way to sit there and let that money accumulate and grow for you while you're focused on other things. And then if you got really creative, again, there is no limit on what you can make, right? There is a limit on how much you can contribute to their IRA, but there's no limit on what you can make. Right. If you were active as a real estate investor or as a trader in some commodity or something, as long as you do it properly, you can wholesale a house or a car or whatever commodity it is you want to trade in your IRA. And in that case, let's take a house, for example, that you might put a, a $10,000 escrow check down on. And that $10,000 comes out of your, your IRA and you wholesale that house and you make a $20,000 profit as a wholesale fee. That $20,000 plus your original 10 goes back into your IRA. 
And if it's a Roth IRA, now you just made $20,000 tax-free. Right. It's not available to you today, but for your retirement, in one transaction, you've just stacked $20,000 into your retirement account. And you can do that over and over again. That's, yeah, that's pretty substantial for sure. I, uh, I think, you know, something like that for, for me, you know, obviously it's a whole different thing. You need to know the wholesaling business. You, you know, there's some sure. other pieces to it, but, um, as far as to even get started on some of these things, most of those companies have the resources to help you do the, the at least the simpler things. Like if you wanted to do, like, like you were saying, you could do, you know, like loans, like you, they will give you the instruments essentially to do that. Like, it's still cool that, you know, you can have it looked over, you can have whatever, you know, you still got some responsibility to do your research, but it's not like you're just like, all right, here's um, Microsoft Word figured out and go do it. You know what I mean? There is some instruction there. Most of them have some really awesome education built in, you know, that you yeah. can research and, and whatever the case is. So it's not kind of like, just go figure it out. No, Probably would be if you went to go try to wholesale your, you, you throw some money in there, I'm going to wholesale on. Cause Eric told me I'm going to make 20 grand. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you might not want to start there, but <laughs> yeah, I say that more to just show, give an example of, of things that you can't yeah, do. For right? sure. I personally, I own property in my IRA um, I, and I lend. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I do. You know, so when I don't have enough money to buy another property, I, I lend some out and and let that grow and accumulate so that it's making money. Uh, what my concern is, I want my money to be earning money at all times. Right. Now, can you, for instance, because I know you got multiple, you know, multiple things going on, right? Sure. So for instance, any person like, or, or even let's just say, use me if I have, if I were doing the same thing, could I lend to one of my businesses? No, you, you can't do not, it. Not even to my, okay. Because you would be benefiting. Yes, right. So you're disqualified. You're, you and your businesses would be disqualified individuals gotcha. or entities, but yes. So I couldn't charge myself a high interest to get money into my <laughs> thing. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. It's worth a shot, man. Worth a shot. Yes. And they really don't, uh, I, I don't know the exact law here. I know that we've been cautioned against like, you know, if you had a business partner, you, you shouldn't lend to him and then him lend to you. And right. If you want to go out and lend to other people, though, there's there's opportunities there. Sure. Well, and if you're doing certain things, you're 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 more apt to be around those people anyway. Like, for instance, yourself right. with the real estate investing, there's a good chance that you're going to be bumping to people who are like, hey, I need, you know, $30,000 for this renovation. And there's your chance, right? Like, right. Yep. The opposite. That's the thing Again, you just mentioned you can flip a house in your IRA. Yeah. Um, so you, you buy one, flip it. Now you can't do, again, you, you can't do anything that benefits your IRA and, and, and vice versa. So if you're doing that, you can't actually do any work. You right. can, you can supervise contractors and stuff like that, but you can't go in there and paint or mold the grass or anything like that. You just write the, but, the contractor checks from your IRA. Yes. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's the cleanest way to do it. And it's, it's still a great way to put a chunk of cash back into there. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. What else would you say? Like what are, what's probably between those? Cause obviously the ones that I'd seen the most were, you know, the real estate investments and also the, the loan, you know, lending money, basically. What are, what are a couple of the others that you've seen? I know you're way more familiar than I am with this. I think, you know, I've seen some things that were some of the more interesting things. Like there was a guy who was um, basically funding sales at a used car lot. So he was giving the, the, the used car lot owner some money. They were basically lending it on VIN numbers of, of different, you know, cars. Mm-hmm. And every time that the, the car sold, they would replace that loan with a, with one on a different one. So it helped, he was helping this guy grow his business 
and, and basically, at, but at the same time, keeping his loan, you know, somewhat secured against the vehicles on the property. Right. I believe I heard that um, I, I went to, so there are a lot of different IRA self-directed custodians. Equity trust is probably one of the biggest ones, mm-hmm. biggest one. And they had, they used to have educational seminars. And I, I think that I heard at one of their seminars, someone was lending on cattle. Um, and so again, same type thing. If there is a identifying mark, you know, they're, they're, they're effectively serial numbered. Right. And so he was lending on, on cattle and securing it against that because it, it could be the, the individual cows could be identified. <laughs> what else have I heard that's interesting? Again, you can go out and provide startup capital for a business, mm-hmm. right? And if you're getting a, a percentage of that business back as a, as a venture capitalist or as a silent partner, whatever or your IRA is, all of that money and all of that earnings for, for however long the term of your relationship is goes right back into your IRA. Right. Right. Well, I mean, and I guess your original story too of air conditioners, that's a pretty unique one right. as well. But I mean, yes. again, if there's an opportunity, you can find it, right? Whatever, whatever, you know. Yes. Yep. There's some basic guidance when you're lending on um, items that they have to be easily identified. So something with a serial number or whatever, you know, a VIN number or whatever like that. Once you get to that state, it's pretty simple. And another key thing though, on the, you know, these are all so many positive things. And the other, the other side of the coin is that if you're self-directed, you know, self-directed, it's on you. So if you're not doing yes. your due diligence, if you're making a bad loan or a bad investment, that's on you. So you've got yes. to do your research and, you know, and the other thing is you need to be able to, and yes, you need to recognize that, Hey, you know what, just because I was earning, you know, it, let's just say as a private lender, right? Mm-hmm. You, you put your money out there and maybe you're earning 10% or something like that. It, when it comes back, you need to get it back out there. If it comes back and it sits there for, for a month or two before you do it, well, now your, your, your real return just went down significantly. Yeah. So you need to, you know, that is a challenge. You do have to be focused on it, but, but honestly, you know, if, if you're not going to focus on your expenses and your finances, then it's hard to expect anyone else to really do a better job than you. Yeah, that's true. And then for some people, it may not be the right choice. You know, if, right. if you don't have the time or there's not something you're already interested in or knowledgeable about to uh, utilize the funds, it may be better in something that's being managed by someone else. Because, I mean, the worst thing that could happen is they could sit there unmanaged because inflation's going up and you're sure. just losing value while it's sitting there. So got to do something with it. Yes. Well, like... I guess for, for me, you know, again, the tax benefits huge, the protection on the real estate side is huge, but also the fact that you really can do the same thing over and over with it. And I mean, that's how a certain, you know, some people, like you said, uh, that you loan on yours. I do know people that consistently just loan on theirs, right? They just loan, put it back, loan, put it back, loan, put it back. And that's, and it's great because they have their system. They know who they're loaning to or who they're lending to, who, you know, what, what they're looking for to do so. But the other one, which is uh, great with businesses, like here's your other, I mean, again, your, your, uh, <laughs> your turnkey in, uh, business, I guess I should say, you know, yes. um, cause I know you do multiple things, but with that, that's the perfect model for people who are using <laughs> an IRA to invest in real estate because it truly is like it's hands off. So it's a set it and forget it. They choose your, you know, choose your, your, I guess the company you're working with like yourself. Um, and Hey, find, find me a property. This is how much, what I'm, I've got to work with. And then it's all managed and just the money goes back in and, and you just don't 
don't worry about it. There's no risk of it benefiting you directly or getting yourself in trouble. But some of those providers, and I, and I think, I feel like a lot of providers such as yourself, probably, probably something that spurred that type of business came from some of this, would you say like, as in not, not the full thing, but I mean, I guess I should say it differently. I guess I should say that can be a big contributor to your business as an IRA pool or investor pool from IRAs. Yes, because again, you know, a lot of people have money, um, like I said, in a 401k or IRA that they've been contributing to, but they may not have a lot of cash outside of that. Mm -hmm. And so this allows them to get into real estate. And we we have investors who lend us money, mm -hmm. uh, right? I can't lend my money. I, I can't lend money to my, my company. So we, right. we do have investors from around the country, California and around the country who, who lend us money. And several of them do that in the, in their IRA mm -hmm. and we just every month their their IRA gets a check for for the interest that's accumulated and to the point of that they actually don't want the the principal returns right. at, at this point right they just want it to keep to stay out there and keep earning interest and we we take care of that and then same thing we have people who buy houses in their IRA and and again they don't have to worry one of the benefits is my retirement plan is growing and I don't have to worry about it right the, the, the property management company, and this, in this case, it's us, but there's there's obviously other providers out there. We just log into Equity Trust or wherever wherever it is each month and make a deposit. We're able to do that online. So, and and you get a statement that says, "Hey, your you know your checks in your account now." Right. I like that when uh, money just shows up in your account. That's the best kind. Yes. Yes, <laughs> Way better than, the ones that, better than the statement you get said we just deducted this from your account, which I get plenty <laughs> of those. Yes. How about this then? I'm going to switch gears a little bit um, just for a second. Tell us a little about your, uh, I guess, backtrack to when you came out here, you were uh, did this kind of an uh, investor seminar workshop. And it was awesome because what we had asked about and what you came out and delivered was from, you know, starting from square one, you know, like it just if mostly... Uh, knowing where you stand now. So, you know, you know, what steps to take to get where you are, because I, I just definitely see this a lot. People are reading a book or they'll listen to a podcast or do certain thing and they'll hear one thing and that sticks to them. And they just want to replicate that one thing in their head, but they don't know sure. where they are to start with. Right. They don't know what, what they have to work with and what's best for them. So I just thought that was unique because I, you just don't see that a lot. And now from what I understand, you have built that into a training, like a, a, an actual course. Is that, is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, the thing that I've been most passionate about over the last few years is, um, and really the last 10 years is understanding personal finance in a way that, and, and then explaining it in a way that is not typically out there, right? For, for whatever reason, personal finance and managing your money is, is one of the most important things that you're going to do in life. Right. And yet we're not given any education at any point in, in right. And, you know, you, you go through school and high school and no one talks about it and you go to college and no one talks about it. And, you know, I've got an MBA and no one really talks about personal finance in that, yeah. in that piece of it. And you get on the job and people tell you, Oh, just blindly dump money into a 401k or, or, or whatever. And that's the solution. And, you know, it turns out it's not right. We've got um, a generation of baby boomers who are, are facing retirement or who are in retirement. 60% of them have nothing most of them don't have enough money to live more than a couple years. Uh, a lot of them are living on social security as their primary source of income. And that's, that's $18,000 a year as your primary source of income. That's, that's a tough retirement, right? It's not the picture that was being sold. So I've been really passionate about learning for myself 
and then beginning to teach others. And first of all, I, I love these podcasts with you. And then I, I, I liked coming out there and, and talking to you. And we've just launched a course uh, that we're going to be doing. First series is going to be live. And then after that, we're going to work to an online model so that we can get more people involved. Awesome. No, that'll be huge. That'll be helpful. I know that I got a lot of good feedback from everyone who came to the one that you did for us out here. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of it really was just the fact of that it both gave some direction and eased some fears on where to start. You know yes. what I mean? Because most things are, so many things are written or taught from someone from the middle, let's just say, even for, you know, at the, at the earliest, it's from someone from the middle that's gotten to a position where they're ready to invest in certain things, not like, hey, where are we now? What do I need to, to get to a safe place to start investing in whatever that thing is? So there's a lot of good feedback for that. So I definitely appreciate that. And sure. yeah, I look forward to coming out and trying it out on us again uh, whenever you want. But also I'm going to volunteer you, uh, you know, instead of asking you, cause that way you can't say no, um, I'm going to put awesome. your, you know, info on your, you know, whatever, especially when it goes to, uh, you know, when you do the virtual, but definitely if you don't mind, I'll put your contact info on our page for experts podcast. And so people can at least, I won't put your, I, I, I promise I won't put your personal cell number this time, but you know, <laughs> Maybe next time, just you know, or if you ever frustrate me, I'm just going to put your personal cell on there. But at least your uh, contact information, you know, if people want to reach out and learn how to, you know, learn more about either your uh, educational workshop, you know, the finance workshop, or the turnkey investments from Freedom Property Group that you're running out there. So, I'll volunteer your information. So. You don't have to say all yes. Right. No, it's all, it's done. Okay. Yes, I'll, I'll make sure you got the right number. Right okay, perfect. Yeah. Just make sure we got the right one and, and, uh, you'll be all right. But, uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with Eric, just, you know, send us a message or head over to expertishpodcast.com and we will have his contact info. And if you bug me hard enough, I might give in and just give you a cell number too. And you can just blow them up in all hours and try to get that information. We love to talk about, you know, we, we love to talk about finances and, and real estate all, all of the time. And, and you know what, if you want to talk about bourbon, we do that too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we spent quite a bit of time on that one. So I wasn't going to throw yes. that out there. I don't want other people cutting into my bourbon discussion time. So <laughs> you stick, okay. stick to finance and uh, real estate with anybody that reaches out. All right. All right. All right. Thanks again, Eric, man. I really appreciate you coming back on here and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jake. See ya.